Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Yet again, conspiracy normal. Conspiracy normal. We, uh, Serfiel here. No, no, it's a robless week. Yes, we are in Studio B, hunkered down. Yeah, ready. Hunk, hunkered down in the uh, in the bunker with the uh, the pipes rolling around. So, we have tonight someone that uh, I had the privilege to meet back in April at the Paramania event. Someone that I feel like really doesn't have any. Uh, needs an introduction, and that's Tim Banal. Welcome to Conspiracy Normal, man. Hey, man! Thanks for having me. I really appreciate the invite. Uh, it was great meeting you in in Atlanta, and uh, yeah, you know, I've heard really good things about the show, and I appreciate being invited on. So, it should be fun. Looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I suppose this is a kind of an interesting day that we're doing this because uh, we're recording this on the 14th of May. We actually will we'll drop it the, the next Monday is when it's going to be dropped. But uh, so by then, everybody will know about uh, the passing of Stanton Friedman. And I understand that you and Friedman knew each other fairly well. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just been a day, man. It's just been a day. A day I won't forget anytime soon, that's for sure. Um, yeah, Stan was, he was the man. He, uh, 
when I got into this, I think like in 2000 and really got into it like in earnest in 2003 and after sort of puttering around sort of doing my own research or whatever, I finally um, decided to go and go to uh, a conference, X conference in D.C. Um, in 2004, I believe. And I had just been writing stuff at the time, but then I was like, I'm going to start interviewing people, essentially. Well, I want to try. I want to see if I can interview people. <laughs> that's probably the best way to put it, because that, that's kind of where Stan comes in, in a sense, because, uh, you know, I think like I think it was like a three-day weekend. Finally, by the, by the third day, I kind of mustered up the courage to try and interview some of these folks, and Stan was the first person I asked um, right at his table, you know, where he always was at every conference. And, um, you know, he was, like, more than happy to do an interview. And so he was the first guy I ever interviewed in this field. And, um, you know, I often said to him, if not for him, if he had kind of blown me off, I might have never done all this, you know. I might have been like, ah, you know, forget all that. This is – these people are lame or whatever. But he was, like, so nice mm-hmm. and so giving of his time and everything that – um you know, and for me, it was like I grew up watching him. I mean, I've heard from a lot of people today, um, you know, who kind of said the same thing. You know, it's like they grew up watching him. And and so it was like to me, um, it was just amazing, you know, to be able to talk to him. And then over the years, um, it's crazy. Like that first time I met him, uh, I did. I actually like ran the slides for his slide show for the presentation at the X conference. And it was like, that to me was like, this is awesome. You know, this is like, you know, it was uh, like, it, it was like the wrestling equivalent of like setting up the ring or something, you know, it was like I was paying my dues, man. You know, I was like carrying Friedman's bags um, and running his slide uh, projector, you know, metaphorically. Um, and so, yeah, I always sort of held him in the highest regard and, and, um, you know, then when we launched Been All of America Audio, it was like, since he was so instrumental in me doing all this, um, we started having him on around the holidays, and that, like, just took on a life of its own. And uh, I interviewed him, like, every December uh, for the holiday special this year. This past December was the 14th year we did it, which is pretty crazy. And, like, I, I always said to him, uh, you know, I'm really proud that, like, we have – this monstrous archive of interviews with Stan Friedman, like 14, you know, and these are like, some of these are like, most of these are like two-hour shows. So there's probably like 25 hours <laughs> of material there uh, of conversations with him. And, and over the years, you know, I, it was just crazy. It was like he was a hero of mine, and then over the years we became friends. And it was like I've never – it was just it was just awesome, you know. And so, uh, you know, it wasn't like – Sometimes I, I know a lot of people in this field, and, um, you know, I've met a lot of people in the field, and I'm friends with a lot of people in the field. Um, but, you know, he was like, he, he was someone who, you know, I, would, I genuinely love the guy, man. I really did. So he, I'm going to miss him a lot. He was, uh, he was such an instrumental person in all this stuff. I mean, if you look at, you know, he, I mean, as you know, I mean, he pretty much, the whole Roswell thing really kind of comes from Stan. Yeah, in a way. I mean, he kind yeah, of started sure. that whole that whole research going and kind of revealed that to the world. I mean, no matter what you kind of think about what that would or could have been, I think that he definitely revealed that something happened and kind of just really that 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 dedication to research and uncovering that was just amazing. 
and you know he's just been he has really been a presence i mean you're right i mean every ufo themed television show had at least one oh yeah cameo by stanton friedman i mean you would see the guy in just about every every episode and i i never actually got to meet him i think i saw him from a distance when i was in roswell back in a couple of years ago um but it, you know, I I get it. You know, I I definitely get you know how you feel. Um, I think for me, the equivalent for me was was Stan has got to be Peter Robbins though, because um, I've gotten to hang out with Peter. I've stayed at his house. I've done extensive interviews with Peter, and it's like you know I I could you know I could understand if you lose somebody like that how that how that would feel. You know. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, uh, it's been a surreal day. I really can't even, you know, and it's like weird. I'm like you said, people are going to be listening to this next Monday and I don't think they'll really understand the surreality, if that's that, whatever, you know, the surreal nature of just this conversation we're having now. It's like, I did not wake up this morning thinking that Stan Freeman was going to die. Right. So it's like, wow, I haven't even, I haven't even had uh, an evening, to, a night to think about it. You know what yeah, I mean? So it's yeah. like, Wow, this is really, this is really wild, man. And um, you know, it's just really uh, interesting for me, um, you know, because I do work for Coast to Coast, and um, you know, it's my responsibility. I've kind of taken it, um, kind of taken it, you know, pretty seriously. Responsibility uh, since I started doing the extensive writing for them is that, you know, I write obituaries for. Uh, people to pass away mm -hmm. and so it was like again it was this really like i said really kind of surreal feeling where it's like okay you know i don't even i can't even stop right now to like process this yeah. you know it was like i have to we we have to we you know it's my responsibility to to fucking tell the world right. <laughs> you know um i mean obviously lots of people were talking about it online but you know what i'm saying it's like I, the job of writing his obituary falls on me uh, yeah. as far as with coast to coast goes. So to me, it was like, this is, you know, and, you know, and here I was 15 years ago running the dude's library sector. Mm -hmm. So it's like, what a, what a, what a journey, man. What a journey. Um, yeah. So he's going to be really missed, man. It's, uh, it's, it's sad. It really is. It's kind of like the last, sort of like vestiges of uh, the old school ufology world. I mean, I'm sure there's a few yeah. uh, other seasoned guys still around, you know, like a Bruce McAbee or something like that. But, you know, Stan was the face of, yeah. you know, of ufology. He's for, really, high, really high profile and a really good introduction to people just getting into it, you know. And the scientific background and everything, you know, there's, it's going to be hard to find a replacement for that. Exactly. Yeah, that's what that's what gave him such cachet that he was uh, a nuclear physicist. You know, he wasn't a he wasn't a UFO buff per se. He was a he started out as a nuclear physicist, and it was like that had, that carried something. You know, and so like you said, it's going to be hard to find someone with those kind of credentials who's on board. You know, with the UFO thing. Although who knows? Times are changing. You know, things seem to be getting better. Um, you know, it's too bad he passed away now with people seem to think things are going to happen. I don't know if they will or not, but I, I can say this, that uh, when I interviewed him, not this past December, but uh, December of 2017, I guess, 
when the New York Times article came out and they revealed the whole thing about the government project, I mean, he was like on cloud nine. And I was just so happy for him, you know. And I, I didn't, because I was wrapping up the show a few months later, and I had kind of planned to do the holiday shows again, but I wasn't, you know, you never know. And it was just like, well, this is part, this is like the last time we talk. It wasn't, we had one more interview, but, you know, I was thinking this is, what a way to go out uh, with these with these shows, you know, like with with Stan Friedman, like on top of the world, man, that, that the government, <laughs> you know, at least partially revealed some kind of information after all these years where it was like, oh, no, the government, they couldn't cover up this. It's like, oh, it turns out actually they've been looking at it for a while, you know, so he was thrilled. Yeah, you, get, you got to see some kind of justification for all the work that he'd put in for 40, 50 years. Yeah, exactly. Into, all the, yeah. into what he had done. Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, I could see how that would be that would be good for him. What, uh, he was how old? 84. 84, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What, uh, and, did, uh, did they say what, okay. how he passed away? Or was, uh... I don't know really the specifics of it. Yeah. Um, you know, I know he was on his way back from a from an appearance in Ohio. Um, so mm-hmm. I assume you know something happened along the way, um, health wise. You know. Yeah. It was a very, like I said, a, a very sort of odd experience in in a sense. Uh, you know, because I've seen this before with a few other people. It's like because of what I do, I'm sort of always online. Um. And like early in the morning, there were rumors. There were rumors. This happened. I remember this with Jim Mars, too. It was like first there were like rumors mm-hmm. um, circulating on UFO Twitter and <laughs> UFO Facebook, and it was like, all right. And I actually called him, called his house, called his number, but I didn't get any answer. And boy, was I hoping he would pick up the phone. Um, and then I called some other folks who would know. And that's when they told me that, yeah, he'd passed away. So it was like, wow, this is – because the weird part was first somebody posted something on Reddit about it. And then like an hour later, someone was like, no, 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 this is this is BS. Um, you know, this isn't true, blah, blah, blah. Um, and so, you know, uh, then I was like, oh, okay. And that's like when I called him. I'm like, All right, I better make sure, you know, let's get to the bottom of this. And then uh, that's when I found out what really was going on. It was like, wow, this is this is wild. You're really in the moment, kind of thing. Yeah, so. that's that's strange how it works now. Instead of everyone finding out from an official source, it's this uh, kind of process. Yeah, it's weird. It's really weird. Yeah, yeah. And then I was just kind of like, all right, well, I'm pretty sure I know this to be the case, but you know, let's wait a little bit longer and make sure that you know. <laughs> That, that that what I'm hearing is true, you know. I did get to meet Jim uh, back in 2008. He was, I uh, ne- never had him on Conspiracy Normal, but, uh, and the same with Friedman, I never had him on as well, but it, I got to meet Mars at least, and that was a good experience. That was back in uh, 2008, like the, was it Unknown Country or Dreamland Festival that they had here? in nashville and oh yeah so yeah was he was like pretty much the reason i went to that really was jim mars <laughs> yeah and, that uh, was like one of the big yeah really when, nice I, when I went and met stan that time 
the chance to that X conference was like the Woodstock of of like UFOs uh that first couple of uh, X conferences and I think it was like yeah Stan was there Jim was there Linda Moulton Howe was there like every every person you could think of was at this event so yeah that's kind of what got me to get out of the house and go check it out because it was like I got a chance to meet all these people this is crazy yeah it sounds like that kind of got you started on things yeah that's kind of what got me yeah that's kind of what led to the transition from sort of just snarky writing online to uh you know becoming a broadcaster let's say you know podcaster uh it wasn't even called podcasting when I started it was just like audio files Mm -hmm. um so yeah that's kind of what got me into it because yeah I was thinking to myself at the time I was like I really really want to ask these people like a million questions and find out how they got into this and all that stuff so that's that's kind of what led me to doing interviews and, and things and back then like I said there wasn't any such thing as a podcast so next thing you know after a few years there was like all these other, po- other podcasts now there's like a million of them so <laughs> yeah no no so well it was shit when I started in 2012 there wasn't there really wasn't that many at that time, I mean, the word was around, but it wasn't as as inundated as it is now. Yeah, now it's like crazy. Um, I mean, I don't begrudge it. It's cool, you know. Yeah. I have no, you know, it's interesting. It's like now this whole show is just devoted to just individual sort of uh, fields, you know. Like I heard there's like a whole. I, I I haven't looked into it recently, but last I heard there was like a. Like a whole just a, just a JFK podcast, you know. And of course, there's like a million just like Bigfoot podcasts or just ghost podcasts, or mm-hmm. just UFO podcasts. So it's like it's just crazy. It's really crazy, you know. Everyone's kind of in their own little subcultures with it, which is because you know the basis of conspiranormal, I guess, is kind of crossing a few different topics. So we have a lot of friends on the different sides, but while the I think the listenership really travels a lot. You're right; they're getting like segmented off. Do you think that's like a trend that's going to continue, or where do you, where do you think this podcasting thing in the paranormal and UFO world's going? This podcasting game. I don't know, dude. It's you know, it's hard to keep track of everything. So I couldn't. I'd feel like I I don't have an, a very informed you. opinion. You know, it just seems like everybody has a show nowadays. So right, I don't really, you know, they all cover different stuff and. Yeah, I think it's it sort of kind of does break down into little like fiefdoms of fan of fandoms. If yeah. that makes any sense? Yeah, absolutely. Like you, you guys have a Patreon, right? Yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah. It's like everybody, every every again. I'm not like go for it. I don't care. You know. So, <laughs> so it's just to me, it's like funny. Like everybody, everybody has a Patreon. Yeah. And everybody's, like, fighting for, like, subscribers and stuff. It's kind of, you know, interesting in that sense. Yeah, everybody you know? used to so. have a band. Now they all got podcasts. That's the thing. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It was like, yeah. Well, first everybody had a blog, and then they right, right. then they have podcasts. And if, to, to I guess in a sense what you're – if you're asking, I guess, I think I, – I, I mean, I would predict, like, that there'd be a more of a move toward, like, video, but – I mean, I haven't seen anything that great yet, like, on the video end. Well, I mean, Hellier obviously is awesome, but I'm thinking more like video blog. Like, I don't really, you know. I, I, and not... I think that goes for, like, all podcasts. It's like, 
trying to turn it into a video thing is is like hasn't quite taken yet for because any it's of these not podcasts, it's not really. very entertaining you know if you can sit and listen to i've been listening to radio shows my whole life so it's like you know you could listen to it while you occupy i guess your eyes with other stuff but just watching someone s- sitting there talking you know it's kind of i don't know it's not very exactly yeah you'd rather have the audio file yeah because you can drive and shit or jog or whatever work out or whatever and listen to a podcast rather than uh having to sit and stationary and watch a video yeah but of course you've got people that listen to podcasts on youtube right which right right uh, has never really made too too much sense for me but i think it's just i think it's just an ease of access thing yeah it's a channel is what it is a lot of people don't know that like you know that you have a podcast like well if you have an iphone you have a podcast app on your phone right right they're like, what's that purple thing? <laughs> <laughs> I think somebody actually said that to me one time. But, yeah, I think it's like, it's weird. I mean, it got easier to have a podcast, and in turn, that, like, kind of flooded the market. And I don't even mean, like, just paranormal stuff. It's yeah. just, like, right. everything has a podcast now, dude. That's the other part, where it was, like, before it was, like, this niche thing that was like, you know, because this paranormal is like on the periphery. Um, and I've mentioned this before, like I got my inspiration to do a show from a wrestling website I was a part of that like they would do essentially podcasts before it was called a podcast. And they were like, you download the MP3 and listen on your computer or your device or whatever. Uh, I don't know what was the, uh, you know, the music thing, the I thing, or, uh, you know, an MP3 player. Yeah. Um, you know, and now it's like every since everybody can make a podcast, you know, it's not even. It's like anyone who anyone who's like doing one of these shows, like a paranormal show. It's like you're not competing with other paranormal shows. Like you're up against like the New York Times and everything, dude. Like Thank you know, news. every every outlet has a podcast now. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, see, that's the thing about all of this is that. Whether or not it's all gonna, it's getting kind of like corporatized now. I feel like in a certain amount of way there is, and it, it's, it's, it's frustrating for me as a podcaster because you will get people that have no, you know, well, they've never done a podcast, but they're famous and they put one episode out and they got millions of downloads because they're yeah, it's, it's yeah, a famous yeah. person, you know, whether you got, then you got myself, you know, down here in the trenches, you know, I've been doing this for seven years and it's like, you know, I'm like, I'm, I'm happy, you know, I'm, I'm happy with, with the downloads that we get, but it's always like a could could always, could always get more to get, to get more of that recognition. So it's kind of like right. that inundation. And then, the famous people starting their own their own podcast is just you know it, it's it's kind of like you know are we just going to be listening to to those shows because that's already that already has the backing of like the New York Times or BuzzFeed or something like that you know I think it'll be like anything yeah. else like music where you have people who just listen to what's fed to them on the radio and then you have all these subcultures of people you know who want to dig deeper or want to do things that aren't mainstream you know yeah. Yeah. Right, right, yeah. Because still, I mean, we do benefit, this field does benefit from not, you know, from the fact that, you know, the New York Times, they may have done, you know, I don't even know if they ever did a podcast, like an episode on the story they broke or whatever, but it's like, 
there's nobody. They're not putting on a paranormal show. It's not right. actually the, the New York Times. So, right. you know, it's not a. You know, we still we still have the corner. You know, the, the market cornered on weird. <laughs> <laughs> what I, what I do like about the format though is like, yeah, I mean we get the like you said the market cornered on weird, but also we can discuss this stuff, and we can go into depth on it, and we can do whatever we want because we're not constrained by some kind of larger entity that tells us you got to have this many minutes, or you got to do this, you got to right, do that. Right, right. You know, yeah, I think yeah. that's a good thing about this about our type of format. For sure. I always like I always found it really annoying like podcasts that like they want to be they want to be like a quote-unquote real radio show. So mm-hmm. they like insert ads or like just bumpers or whatever like not even ads not even you know it'd be one thing if they're getting paid for the shit but it's like they just insert they take breaks and things and it's like you're it to me it seems counterintuitive it's like you're working against the whole you know you're undermining like the one of the really good benefits of this of this medium which is like you can just go and you don't have to stop and it's like for what so people will think you sound like more like a real radio show like what's What's the point? You know? Yeah, uh, we we recently started doing the whole advertising thing, and we've the way that I've structured it in the past with the show itself is that we have we usually have the main body of the show, which is the interview, and then we will come back. Maybe do like a it'll sound like we come back, but we, you know we. We didn't take that much of a break, maybe five minutes. But then we'll come back and we'll do like another 10, 15 minutes or something like that and end right, the show, right. whatever discussion we want to do. And yeah. that's not really a radio format as much as just like that's just kind of the way that I like to structure it. But, you know, doing the ads, I don't, my whole thing was like, well, should I, when I'm brainstorming on this, and I'm like, brainstorming on this and thinking to myself, do I really want to, have that do i really want to just interrupt the flow of the conversation with the in the interview or interrupt the flow of the conversation in the second part no i'll just put them in between in that little gap and then that's that's where it's going to be and that's where it's going to have to be because i don't want to interrupt that that conversational kind of flow as a podcast listener that annoys me exactly yeah Yeah. i always found it yeah frustrating because it's like I would, I would be on shows and I would get, you know, it just derails all the momentum and everything. You have to kind of like start from scratch again, you know, when you come back. Yeah. Yeah. So you've been on shows where they actually do it while they're, they don't just edit it in. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've been on a couple of shows like that. (laughs) Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's interesting. I I... mean, it's, it's it's a unique experience. I mean, but to me, it's like, why, why would you do that? Because <laughs> like sometimes they weren't like ads. Line. They were like ads for other shows and sort of like, you know, uh, you know, things that weren't really, they weren't like ads, ads. They were like, like I said, like bumpers for other shows and, and things like that. Right, and right. Like, why? <laughs> it's cool that you were helping other people and shit, but it's like you're, you know, you're messing up the whole flow of the conversation with people. But, yeah. you know, I guess if you... If, let's say if you if someone's been doing that for seven years or however long I've been doing it, like twelve, fifteen years or whatever, they'd probably think it was crazy <laughs> the way we're doing this now. You know what I'm saying? They might be like, "How can you do that? Don't you, you know, 
You need brakes so that you can readjust the car, whatever. Who knows how they justify it, but you know what I'm saying. They would have some perfectly reasonable, in their mind, rational explanation for how the way they do it is better. So, you got to realign you know. your chi or something. Yeah, something yeah. Like that you need like a mental reset so you can... Yeah. Well, no, I mean, to me, it's all the flow of the conversation, and it's and it's people having a discussion. I mean, some of the best ones are where you can actually sit there and listen to it, and you really feel like you're almost like a part of the conversation that you're like listening in. You know, I, I um, right. An interesting phenomenon that happened to me was uh, there's there's this older movie from like the early '80s called My Dinner with Andre. Have you ever seen that or heard of it? I've heard of it. I vaguely know of it. I know about the Freddie Blassie uh, parody movie they made. Yeah, so, you know, I mean, the format of it is, is just two guys at dinner talking. And back when that movie came out, a lot of people kind of made fun of it because, like, how exciting could that be? It's just two guys having a conversation over dinner. And I thought the same thing. And I'd already been listening to shows, like, I mean, some some shows on podcasts that I would listen to when I watched that movie about 2008, 2009. And I really got into the movie and I'm like, I'm sitting there thinking, you know what? This is a, this is a podcast. This is all this is, you know, so for me, it's just, it it was, it was, it was nothing to, to watch that. And it was, so I guess my point is on that is, is just the movie's kind of ahead of its time. And then B, you know, this, this it's 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 normal for people to just want to kind of you feel like you're eavesdropping in on a conversation, right? So yeah, yeah. What's it's your a cool? It's a it's a cool format. What's your thoughts on? Because uh, you kind of mentioned this on a uh, Patreon. What are my thoughts on Patreon? Yeah. Um, I just don't know if it like. I don't know if it's sustainable. Um, yeah. You know, where it's just like, I feel like, and this goes back to, I hope people listening aren't like, this is shitty. <laughs> these guys are like, these guys are like getting way to do inside baseball on the, on the podcasting business, but that's, <laughs> that, you know, hopefully they can endure. Um, I think, yeah, I, I don't know if it's sustainable and it kind of goes back to like what we were talking about earlier about the New York times, um, and everything where it's like now everything is, yeah. Everything's competing for a finite amount of subscriber dollars, essentially, mm-hmm. and it's like, um, and it's only going to get worse because you know you're going to have that Disney thing coming out next year, and I think there's like another thing coming out soon. Um, you know, ESPN just launched a thing, and essentially, like every, a whole bunch of different entertainment entities are looking for like five to ten, at least at least ten bucks, probably I think a month. You know, right? So like you really. If you're looking at like Hulu, Amazon, Netflix, uh, Disney, and ESPN, that's like fifty bucks a month right there. You know? Yeah, all this kind and of like, a la carte kind of stuff. Yeah. Right. And then it's going to be people going to. I think the little guy is going to be ever increasingly squeezed. You know, so it's to me. I mean, I, 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 I get why it's popular, like in the paranormal field, because. You know, it's so difficult to make any money in this. Um, you know, so like I said, I don't, I don't. If people, you know, go for it, like if that, if that helps, it's, it's sort of helped a lot in a sense where, I mean, 
I probably would have done something like that if I hadn't if if it hadn't come along when I was sort of near in the end of my run, you know, because mm-hmm. I had tinkered with the idea of doing a subscription service, um, but like they ne- like they, you would have to a lot like launching the podcast for the first time. Like I had to figure out how to do that myself, you know. Like I had to figure out how to record the conversations, turn them into MP3s get them on iTunes, all the stuff that was like, it's just like push of a button now, you know? And that was the same way with this Patreon thing. It was like, if I wanted to launch a subscription end for Banal of America, I would have had, it would have been so complicated. Um, I'm buddies with the guys from Paratopia, Jeff Ritzman, Jeremy Vaney, and they, they did do it. Yeah. And I watched them just having to deal with so much crap, technical crap, involved in setting up the infrastructure of a of a subscription service that it was like this is insane i don't even have the patience or the time to even pursue this um you know and then patreon came along and they did all they do all the legwork for you right i mean they you you don't have to really worry about like all the technical shit Mm -hmm. so i mean that's good it gives people a chance to monetize their work um on a really cheesy level I was saying this to some of my buddies, Adam Go-Rightly and Aaron Gullius and Jack Brewer. We did a roundtable. We were talking, we were having the same conversation kind of about the state of podcasting. And it was like, from a nerdy level, like from a really pretentious, it sounds pretentious, and I apologize ahead of time, but it's like, I worry as a seasoned member of this of this broadcasting community, let's say, I worry sort of about, about the proverbial state of the art if you will, where it's like, are, are you, I don't mean you, I, I mean like you, you know, in, in steady, you know, are, 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 are you as a collective, <laughs> as a group, are you, don't, don't laugh at me, dude. Uh, like, are you, are you like, sa- are you not, are you sacrificing, you know, uh, like, a better, a bigger audience or, or a stronger audience in favor of like the smaller audience who will pay, if that makes any sense. Yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah. or it's like, are you holding back the good shit? You know, I guess that's my main concern. It's like, don't hold, you know, my advice to, to patch your own podcast is probably a bad idea, but it's like, it's like, don't hold back the good stuff just to, just so it's just for the people who subscribe. Cause it's like, yeah. you're not really you're missing out on the opportunity to like get a lot more listeners with, with, you know, with your stuff. Yeah. Everything that, that we do, everything we do for patrons is extra, just kind of like a, a extra thing. And we never do where, you know, we keep the juiciest parts and try to incentivize people. I don't think, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't necessarily think that people do that, but you know what I'm some, saying? Some, do. Like... some big ones definitely do. I, you know, something I listened to recently, yeah. I was like, oh, wow. I was like, I know this person elaborates a lot more. I could just tell in the actual interview that how much it was chopped up. And then, you know, the rest yeah, was only that's... available for patrons. Okay. So that's why I said that. Cause that's like the impression I'm under. There's like two kind of schools of thought where it's like, for some people, the Patreon's like an extra, like a supplementary show. And that's cool. I mean, that's, you know, but in other ways, it's like, sometimes it's like, if you want to hear the rest of this interview, that's available for our Patreons. I guess that's kind of where I, where I worry about it. We're on the the same page. We're totally on the same page with you with that, the thinking about that. Yeah. When we do it, it's usually something that is just an addendum. 
Yeah. It's not it's not the main I I I know when I read the books or I research the person that I'm interviewing what I want to ask and if there's something extra that is, you know, maybe or some other kind of clarification or something that just doesn't fit in the main show. Yeah. And we what do we what do we do? Like 15 20 minutes. I think the longest yeah, one we've like ever that. done is maybe an hour. And that was just like a flute kind of thing where it just got started. I, I used to be doing just like special shows and I had Greg Bishop do a few, but I don't, I don't and then I was just like, no, I don't need to do this anymore. It just needs to be and we're it just needs to be just 20 30 minutes. And yeah. the also um we don't do it as regularly as I think, you know, there's, there's that maybe some people would like us to do it and maybe yeah. that hurts us. I don't know, but I mean, uh, we, we try to get Patreon stuff up there when we can. Um, I know one podcaster, I know that, uh, like, uh, Tim Renner, uh, strange familiars. He does what he does it. he see, he has one show on the feed and then maybe, another show on Patreon and then another show on the feed and another show on Patreon. And I'm like, that's an interesting idea, but I just, I just, I, I would feel weird about it because I just want m- m- the most of my stuff to be free. You right. know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I never charge a for any of my stuff, so yeah, you know, it worked out all right for me. <laughs> so, right. Exactly. You know, but yeah. I'm not really one to like, uh, I'm not really one to hustle for this so much in, in, as far as the podcasting game goes, you know, see a lot. That's kind of why it's good. I, I never got into the Patreon. So I do see a lot of like, uh, you know, a lot of that. Well, you have to hustle, you know, and that's how it is. I mean, if you want to get subscribers, you got to promote your brand and promote your subscription service. Right. So, um, you know, but I was never much of a, of a hustler in that sense. I mean, I put plenty of work in, but I'm not really a big fan of, like, self-promotion or anything, you know? I kind of more, uh, I kind of like being an acquired taste or something that, like, you have to find and learn about, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, someone hears about Banal America through word of mouth. That's, that's I prefer that because you get more, you know, people seem to really appreciate it, you know? Right. That's how we feel about our show, too. And I, I know... Some people that that have a Patreon that make more money than we do, and they don't put any extra material on there. I, I, yeah, I I'm mean, trying to figure that. I mean, I try to figure that one out. They, people just must love them enough to. Yeah. I mean, I love them, but just to but to send them <laughs> to send them money on the on their Patreon and not expect anything in return. So I'll be absolutely honest. I have no, and this is not not this is hundred percent. I have no idea, like <laughs> who you're who you're talking about, so I won't even really say much. But I mean, there are I've seen shows that like outside of the paranormal that people do that, so it's not unheard of, no. you know. Yeah. Like I knew there was like a big time Canadian uh, wrestling show, not about Canadian wrestling, but a wrestling show from Canada um, that their radio station went like off the air or something. So then they launched a Patreon and essentially like made enough money you know to continue having a career as radio guys doing wrestling and i don't know if they 
you know, I don't know if they put anything on there or not, but it was like immediately people just started subscribing. So, you know, if you have a fan base. Yeah, one of the things that I wonder sometimes is if, because a lot of people talk about, well, the terrestrial radio model is kind of declining. But I still feel like if you're on the radio, especially like, you know, the the one that you work for, Coast to Coast, you're going to obviously get much more recognition than you are from a from a podcast. So it's just like I hear that the podcast is podcasters are taking over and terrestrial radio is declining, but it still seems like we're still in the same the situation. If you've got a radio station behind you or you're on a radio station, then maybe you get the better guess because you you're on terrestrial radio, maybe because they don't really understand the reach of podcasting and all this it just all follows suit from there. So you know, it just feels like it's this kind of like balance right now. Yeah, I mean, well, it's funny in a sense. Like, I almost guarantee you, I don't. It probably was this way a few years ago or whatever. But like, there's got to be more. Despite how many radio stations there are in the country, like, there's got to be more podcasts than there are radio shows. Like, <laughs> so if anything, it's like it makes the radio show more unique in a weird way. You know, mm-hmm. like there's a million podcasts, but this is a radio show. You know what right. I'm saying? It's like that kind of distinction. You understand? Right, right. You know, it's almost like how, you know, it's like how there's there's like countless TV shows on all these streaming services now. And, you know, some are really good and everything. And obviously, obviously, uh, tons of cable channels and everything, too, with TV shows and everything. But it's still, if you got a show on broadcast TV... That still like counts for something big, you know what I mean? And people say mm-hmm. the same thing about TV that they do about radio. I mean, it's not as much, it's not as far down the line that kind of talk. But um, you know, people are like, "Oh, radio's dead." They're saying the same thing about TV now, you know. But it's still, if you got a show, I mean, look at dude, this coming Thursday night. Well, now it'll be passed when people are listening. But like that last Big Bang Theory is going to be on Thursday night. And they're probably going to have, like, tens of millions of people watching. So there's still power in broadcast. I think there's still, like... Right. I don't know if it's... I don't know if it's, like, that people can access the TV and radio easier, which I don't... Yeah. I guess if you're, like... It's curated, you know? Everyone has to find all these podcasts. It's cumbersome for a lot of people, you know? You just turn on tube and it's there. Right, that's exactly that's a big part of it because I, I, I think, I think our buddy Kutch, Josh Kutch, and I, I think he's a cable cutter, um, a cord cutter, and uh, no, actually, I think he had TV on when I was there, but he was mostly like a streamer, and I know a lot of other people that are cord cutters, and it's like to me, I don't know, I just I can't imagine ever getting rid of like that ability with TV. To, to, like, just scan the dial like you do on the radio. Right. You know, to, like, look around with with the... And I guess, again, like, as we're talking about people who do different styles of podcasts, it's like other people, it probably sounds insane, where it's like you don't know what... <laughs> you don't know what you're going to get. You're just flipping through the channels. Like, to me, I don't know. I like flipping through the channels. Other people, they're probably like, no, I like to be able to pick and choose what I watch, when I watch it, and not be beholden to whatever they're offering at the time. To me, it's like, I like surfing the wave. Yeah, sometimes I like to turn my brain off 
<laughs> just you know, flip the channels. You know, and it's, it's, it's just oh, hold on it, now. It, it's just relaxing. Sorry, for some weird reason, my Alexa was like started talking to me. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hold on. No, no, I don't know. She thought I. She, for some reason. Jesus Christ, you hearing this? Yeah. No. <laughs> Special guest appearance right. by Tim Manal's Alexa. She's off now. Yeah, sometimes a certain combination of words sets her off, and it's like a, you don't say her name, but like a certain syllabic combination. <laughs> she just for real, for real. No, I, no, I don't no, even no. want to try no. and attempt it because then no. she'll she'll think I'm talking to her. But yeah. The ghost in the machine. You guys have one of these things? No. No, I don't know. Oh, they're great. No. Yeah, they're awesome. I highly recommend it. I'm not one of those people that's like, oh, they're going to listen to you. It's like, dude, they're already listening to you. Like, you know, you might as well lean in and enjoy it for what it is. Like, (laughs) (laughs) you you know, you can't get away with anything nowadays. (laughs) What do you, you know, I like how people are like, oh. I don't like the interaction with that disembodied voice. I just, I'm not into it. Yeah, it's weird. It's really weird. I mean, I'll be honest. It's like I've been kind of following my own evolution with it in a sense, and it's really interesting where at first, like, for, like, the first year I had it, it was like I felt compelled to, like, shout at it, you know? (laughs) Like a child Uh, uh, or a dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where where it was like, yeah, where it was, like, dumb or something. And then, like, later, as I got more used to it, I realized that you can just talk to it like like you're talking to someone in the room, and it's it's actually it's once it, then you kind of cross this weird thre- this weird threshold where it's like you don't bother to look at what time it is or anything. It's like you're asking somebody else who's in the room. You know, you're like, uh, hey, what time is it? I was waiting for it Hello? for it to I was waiting for it to speak. <laughs> no, 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 I'm purposely dancing around the, the name so I don't yeah. set it off. But sometimes, and it's creepy. If, I don't know which one of you said they were put off by this embodied voice, but it's creepy because uh, I don't know why this happens, but sometimes she'll, like, improvise. And she'll, she'll like, you'll ask, like, like, I happened to me this morning, I think, but if you ask, like, I asked, like, on a Friday, like, at about 5.15 in the evening, I asked what time it was. And she told me what time it was. Then there was, like, a little bit of quiet, and then she's like, have a great weekend. <laughs> and it was like, there, there was no, yeah, dude. And I tried to get her to do it again, and she wouldn't do it again. I kept asking what time it was, like, over and over for, like, ten minutes to see if I could get her to do it. She wouldn't do it. Just, like, completely, you just have to get it right at the right moment. Like, this morning, I think I asked what time it was, and she's like, it's, you know, 8.35 a.m. Have a great day. And I was like, whoa, where did that come from, dude? Well, we've been talking about AI and a lot of this weird technology shit. Where uh, are there any? Is there anything in that area that you've been researching lately, there, or any thoughts you have about the what's coming? With AI, nah, I haven't really thought much about it. I'm kind of like, uh, I'm just skeptical about a lot of this stuff. Like, if we're ever going to see, everything seems to move so slow. You know, if yeah, we're ever really going to see, there's way too much idealism in it. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. No, believe me, it's it, it's probably for the best that it is moving slow. Yes. You know, because it's like 
I think it's going to take a long time for them to really sort of integrate all this into one society, if you will. Like, I think I think there's talk, like, if they ever get the self-driving cars going, then it's like all the truckers are going to be out of business. It's going to really upend all of society. But I think, like, by the time – well, I'm 40 now, so, like, by the time they get, like, self-driving tractor-trailer trucks, like, I'm guessing it will I'm, – I'm hoping, guessing, that it'll be, like, 20 years. You know, it's gonna t- 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 it's gonna take forever for them to get this. Uh, you know, and that may be like optimistic for me, pessimistic to people who are hoping to see it. But to me, it's like it just feels like they're gonna take forever. That they're barely working out the kinks in the self-driving car and everything. And it's like, who's gonna even? You know, they've got to get a, like it allowed. You know what I'm saying? So, like this whole idea, like everybody's gonna be tutoring around in a self-driving car. It's like, we were talking I just this, can't even, yeah. you know, we're talking that actually has to be regulated. Yeah, we're talking about drone delivery and whatever. Are these things just going to be flying every damn where? Like, golly, like, mm-hmm. they're talking about doing advertising in the night sky, you know, with like drones and stuff. So you'll see, enjoy Coca-Cola go by <laughs> when you're trying to look at the Milky Way. Right, exactly. So to me, it's, yeah, I'm hoping that, you know, I'm hoping that, uh, that, that it'll take a while before it upends society. But, I, you know, I, I'm not a huge fan of all this in a sense. It's like the Internet's great and everything. And, well, it's a double-edged sword, but it's for the mo- I think it's mostly good. Um, you know, I owe my career to it, so I can't really throw, throw it under the bus. But at the same time, like, just I think we're seeing now the bloom is off the rose with, like, all this mobile shit, you know. Like people on their right. phones, you know. It's like the novelty of this is over, and now people are really seeing the drawbacks to it. Where it's like young people are all messed up, and older people like can't get off. It's it, lots of people just can't get off the phone. You know yeah. what I mean? It's bad. It's depressing. You know, when we were down at Paramania a few times, I would look over and it would just be like a row of zombies of people look, <laughs> looking at their phone. And it's like, dude, we traveled all the way to Atlanta. What the hell are we doing? Oh, we're all, we're all on, we're all like uh, tagging each other on Facebook, and we're all right next to each other. This is crazy. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you know, it's like the Silicon Valley people. They talk about how um, they don't want to send their kids. They send their kids to like special schools where they don't have them on the phone, and they they right, care. Right. You know, they, like. They they don't want their children playing with their phone because they know like it's addictive and horrible, but yet everybody else's kids, well, you know, they they don't care. Right, right. Yeah, some of them speak out, but now it's even like that's. I think that's what I mean in a sense. Where you're like you're seeing the bloom is coming off the rose. You see these people like, you know, like mm-hmm. that dude. It's different story in a sense, but like that dude last week who was one of the co-founders of Facebook, and now he's like, you got to break Facebook up. Like, this is, this is uh, you know, it's bad. And so now we're seeing, like, this weird backlash against, you know, some aspects of technology. So who knows? Which I think is something that you're always going to have is is this backlash. That's what we, we talk about a lot, you know, on the show and personally, but the automation and just what's going to happen when people start losing jobs. And even if it's 20, 30 years in the future... When that starts happening, oh, yeah. you have a workforce. I mean, you're just going to have people going around just breaking shit. And that's what's going to happen. It's just going to be like social chaos. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 
yeah, it's going to be like the coal miners times like a million in a sense, where it's just like people people's jobs will become antiquated, you know, a whole bunch of jobs. I mean, shit, dude, like, you know, the stuff that the stuff that I think we will see, like, in the relatively near future is just the stuff like you see when you go to the grocery store now and it's got the self-checkout, like, they'll start adding more self-checkouts and, you know, and having less human checkouts to the point where eventually after, like, five or ten years, it'll be like, it's all self-checkout except for one aisle as a person. You know, who's yeah. there for people who just cannot manage the yep. self-checkout. Well, that's why, like, these ideas are becoming mainstream, like the whole universal basic income thing already. But it's like, uh, you know, just giving someone a check isn't necessarily going to be enough for everybody. People need some purpose. They need some self-esteem. They can't just be – everyone can't just be sitting on their ass, you know. Some people want to do something like – uh, you know, it seems like there's a Silicon Valley elite who are like pushing these dreams, but as far as reality and the actual, you know, having to deal with society, I, I don't know. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the universal basic income is a good idea, but like you said, it's like, unless people have a reason to, people need a reason to live, yeah. you know? Or it's going to be like some weird future where like people are. You know, people are are getting a universal basic income, and they don't leave the house, and they're on. You know, right. they're living a virtual life yeah. or something. Yeah, entertainment is really the only solution. It's going to be, uh, you know, people just plugged in some kind of virtual reality. Who knows? It's pretty dystopic to me. Yeah, it sounds, yeah. you know, disgusting to me. It's like the Matrix. You know, yeah. like the Matrix. Pretty much. And they'll find some way to like commodify it, where it'll be like you can, you can. You know, in the in the in the alternate reality world, like you can be, you can still be a truck truck driver. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and you can still deliver digital. That like that's your thing. If you were in like the Second Life thing, you can podcast. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Sounds like something off of Black Mirror to me. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty wild. You know. But we'll see. Everything happens so incrementally that, you know, next thing you know, you look up and it's like, whoa, what <laughs> what happened here, man? This is crazy. Let's talk a little bit about uh, conspiracy theories. Sure. I was curious. I mean, got to engage with you a little bit on this uh, when we were down there in Atlanta. Uh-huh. But, uh, you know, the, I think we were talking a little bit about the Boston bombing and such like that. And... Uh, well, I guess that you were disgusted by some of the conspiracy theories that were going on about that, and yeah, yeah, just like the people that were like it was fake and shit. You're pretty that close really to Boston, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. wasn't like directly impacted, but like when they shut like the whole city down, it spread enough to like where you know my town wasn't shut down, but it was like everything half the stuff was closed because half the people live in areas where there was lockdown. You know what I mean? So to me, it was like, you definitely kind of felt the, the impact of it. And especially too, because, uh, you know, we love the marathon here. It's like a weird sort of, uh, statewide holiday and everything. So when they, when those dudes set off those bombs, it was like a personal affront, I guess the best way to put it, you know, and I'm sure it's like that in a lot of these cities, you know, it seems like, that's like if something new... like that happens, you take it as a you take it personally, you know. And so when people are like, "Oh, it's fake," 
It's like, dude, it wasn't fake. It seems know? like that's a new development like, in conspiracy theory. People, you know, with this whole, you know, things didn't happen or entire event was a, a, a sham type of thing versus... Everything's a false flag. It seems like old school uh, conspiracy theory was like a more just a whodunit, you know? But now right, this whole, right, like, yeah. thing's not even happening. It's pretty weird. Well, right, right. The old school stuff was far more nuanced, I think, in yeah. the fact that you may have the, that mixture of false flag, and then but, but this event could have been that, but this event wasn't, and it, but it could have been this. And now it seems like the, the the trend has been well, everything's fake. Everything, anything that happened is false flag. Everything, yeah. This is everything is just taken to an to an nth degree. Yeah, and the frustrating part, like, for me is, you know, well, I guess, like, you know, the people who are like, oh, this was fake, or whatever, that, like, these people are actors and everything. Yeah. It's like, I live here, I think it's been five or six years, you know, since the bomb went off, and it's like, okay, dude, like, you're telling me, (laughs) you're telling me, like, that they that the conspiracy is so powerful and profound that they're still running, like, personality packages on people, like, six years later, or having updates on story. You know what I'm saying? It's like, the local news isn't in on it, dude. Sorry, but that's just that's just not... There was, like, there were, you know, tons of people who were affected by those bombs, not just, like, the three or four people that got killed. And it's like, okay, so what? They found this guy with no leg, and he he's, he's an actor, and he's still... He's still portraying the role six years later for the local news. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, right. come on, dude. Like, yeah. let's use some common sense here. Yeah, it, it, that's it what bends credulity. Me. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, but I if had... you're living in if if you're living in Dallas or Orlando or L.A. or whatever, you don't see all that stuff. You know, you see like ten minutes on. You know, you see a few days coverage on CNN. You never hear about it again. So then it's like. Oh, what was that all about? You know, it's like I'm still seeing it all the time, dude. <laughs> you know, it didn't go away. It wasn't some made-up thing that no one, you know, no one saw happen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, I there's there's a, f- a few things about like the Boston bombing that I found strange. But there I are think, a few things. Yeah, yeah. But, but I me. think that. I yeah. think that it's not a false flag. I, my my honest opinion about it is, I think that maybe the FBI could have been setting them up to with like a fake bomb, and that uh, that older brother got wise to it and switched it, and actually did the deed. Right. I wouldn't discount any like kind of like what you were saying before uh, about the who done it aspect. Like I yeah. wouldn't. You know, I wouldn't discount, like, anything in that regard. I mean, there was some guy in Florida who was, like, uh, really associated with one of the two dudes. And, like, during an FBI questioning, the guy got killed, and it was all really yeah, shady. Yeah, that and... was strange. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, most of these events have weird shit surrounding them that is, that does need to be looked at. But, uh, you know, as to the reality of actual events that take place, that's what's... You know, and that's what's given fodder to all these people who are, you know, totally anti-conspiracy theory and anti-free speech, and they've used that stuff, especially like the right. Sandy Hook and other stuff, to, you know, try mm-hmm. to silence everybody. Yeah, yeah, you know, and to me, it's like, I mean, the big thing too is like, 
the the big flashpoint for a lot of people, and me too, I guess, is like the Sandy Hook thing. It's like the people who say that it didn't happen or whatever, like that's kind of when I got off the ship in a sense. Like I was already like, all right, I'm out on the Boston thing. And then, well, I guess the Sandy Hook thing, I think that might have happened before Boston. But either way, it all kind of culminated in like a two or three year period where it was like, okay. Yeah, it was like, yeah, because that was 2012, and, that, and then the bombing was 2013. So, yeah, it was about a six-month period there. Um, and those two together, it was like, because you didn't really hear all that stuff right away with Sandy Hook. It kind of, like, percolated a little bit, and then all of a sudden it was like, this, this, these are all actors. And it's like, dude, people die. Like, kids died. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, come on, dude. You know, it's almost like you like to think we're all kind of in on the jokers or in on, you know what I mean, where it's like, all right, dude, you've gone too far now. Yeah. Like you've you've gone you've gone way over the line here with this with the thing about the the kids really didn't die you know well, like let's let's dial it back dude you know around about this probably would have been 2014 maybe yeah 2014 I had uh, Jim Fetzer on I think I may have told yeah. you about this before when we were there at Paramania but um, I had Fetzer on and probably like one of the most disappointing interviews I have ever done. I will be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. Because here, Fetzer, I, I, I respected the guy because of some of the stuff that he was looking into about nine eleven, and I get him on about um, Sandy Hook, and we also talked about the Boston bombing stuff. And yeah. one of the things that he proceeded to do was he he spent like twenty minutes defending himself against charges of anti semitism. And then somehow fell into Holocaust denial to prove that he wasn't an anti-Semite, which I don't exactly know how that works. Yeah, that's weird. And then, the, and then the second uh, it was so it was really roundabout. But then the second uh, thing that he talked about when we talked about the Boston bombing was he's like, and there's a picture of Steven Spielberg uh, <laughs> directing everything that was going on at the Boston bombing, right? So I. So I'm as I'm on the I think after we were done my co-host and I at the time we googled Steven Spielberg Boston bombing we found the picture and the picture is like clearly photoshopped uh, you could just tell not you know without even looking right right that that well yeah. that's so, crazy that yeah yeah I mean just just disappointing and I I I, I had another basically another guy come on two shows later talking about how. I like yeah, the Holocaust happened, and <laughs> just yeah, do a damage control over that statement. Because yeah, I mean, conspiracy theories used to be fun. Now it's like yeah, it got really dark, man. Like yeah, really dark. Yeah, and and people are you know, and it, people are being uh, manipulated by them, you know, because it has such political uh, utility. This right. whole Q thing is so crazy, you know, and whatever the hell right, is going right. on there. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, well, I've talked about this a lot, and like, we we should probably pivot and not get too deep into yeah. this because people get fucking irritated when you get into this. But it's like there's two we're living in like a, a a fractured world where it's like there's two you know it's like two competing conspiracy theories essentially, yeah. where it's like the conspiracy theory that you know Donald Trump worked with the Russians to get elected, and the conspiracy theory that that it's all a big setup, you know. And so it's like we're it, we're living in a world where where it, it it's like it's essentially just competing cons- genuine conspiracy theories. Yeah. And it's like yeah. I never 
I got into this like in 2003, and it was like, dude, like the whole 9-11 thing was like verboten. It yeah. still is. Yeah. Like you can't even, they won't even mention the possibility that it was anything but the mainstream version of events. But with like, but now we're living in this world where it's like, there's this, there's either this giant geopolitical conspiracy or there's, you know, a deep state conspiracy. Yeah. But there's no, apparently there's no, there's no version of reality that doesn't involve some conspiracy taking place. I guess that would be what, you know, Ken Thomas is referring to as the triumph of the conspiracy spectacle. Yeah. 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 And we talked about, too, how it's ironic that the the biggest demonization of conspiracy theories is coming from the left, but then the entire focus of the left right now is a conspiracy theory, which is the Donald Trump stuff. So it's like... Right, right. <laughs> right. And conversely, the the other side is the same people who were, like, all worried about Jade Helm and all that stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm talking about, like, the Q folks and everything. Now they're just like, yes, yes, declare martial law. Yeah, yeah, Please, exactly. declare martial law and round these people up. It's like, what are you doing, dude? <laughs> like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. that's... You're you're supposed to be against that shit. Like you were against that shit like two or three years ago. Yeah. And now now you want them now you want them to round people up? Like, oh this is terrifying. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. So it, it's absolutely amazing. I mean you have back in twenty twelve, twenty thirteen, Obama's president and you've got Alex Jones. I, I don't it could have been then. But you got Alex Jones going and, and going somewhere in Georgia where there's these bunch of coffins that are supposedly for FEMA and he's like, What is going on here? And what is what is happening and and then now it's like, you know, tumbleweeds. Now it's like, well, they, they better put the legal aliens in the in the FEMA camps. And, yeah, I yeah. mean, it's, 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 it's insane. And, and, and I honestly, and I've said this before with, like, Red Pill Junkie, and we did a show with uh, the, him and uh, was it? It was Ren and um, Go Rightly. We did a show about that, yeah. about all this stuff that's going wrong with, with conspiracy culture. And I honestly think that what it is is just like it—it it, it has a racist element to it because they—they they don't care if it happens to, to like Span, Hispanic people or black people, but if it happens to—if it starts happening to white people, then they notice. Right, right. And, yeah, that's and stuff like that has been it, yeah. happening to those other races for forever. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Yeah. But yeah. it's hard being yeah. from you know being from this kind of conspiracy culture and being into it for a long time, and now it's like you feel kind of like I almost like kind of hide it from a lot of people, you know. Like, well, it's good not to really wear it on your sleeve too much anyway. But you know, now yeah, 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 like, yeah, I know what you mean. It feels a little dirty in a sense. Yeah, I got to tell people, like, no, man, I'm more like yeah. Robert Anton Wilson conspiracy theorist, man. You know, like so. right, especially now. Like, if you talk to somebody who's only vaguely who's more, like, in tune with mainstream media and everything, if you're like, yeah, I'm into conspiracy theories, like, their first thing they're going to think is, like, a QAnon guy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's the only, that's the preeminent conspiracy theory right, <laughs> right oh, now. I've, I've heard no, dude, that's a cult. I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not part of some weird, weird online cult. I've had people say they won't come on the show because of my name, of the name. What do you it, mean? Because it has conspiracy uh, as part of the name. Oh, like they don't want to be associated with conspiracy theories. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean it's 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 happened. I've invited people on, and 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 you know, like I don't want to, but I'm like I don't want to talk about conspiracy stuff. I want to talk about your book. Yeah. And I I put in, and I I I even send like interviews that I've done where like, hey man, we agree, we agree on this essential point. You know, listen to these shows. You'll see I'm on the level here. Won't do it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I've had, I've, I had a, mm, I can only think of one actually, but yeah, I've, I've been turned down in a sense because we were a paranormal show where it was like, yeah, people didn't want to be associated with the paranormal and shit. Most of the time, since the name is, since the name of the show isn't, uh, my show isn't like paranormal at all, I can kind of like usually slip it past them yeah. where it's like, we're a paranormal show, but we also cover these things and here are some of the other off the beaten path topics yeah. we've done so you yeah. can do the show yeah we pretty much front load both so there's <laughs> no getting around yeah oh <laughs> uh, yeah i didn't even i didn't even connect the conspiracy conspiracy normal you know i didn't actually get the the normal part until now to be honest though it just dawned on me that it's like a combination of paranormal and uh, conspiracy and paranormal yeah because i because I, I always felt like i inhabited both worlds because I, I was really super yeah, it's in, weird. I was yeah. really super into the ghost stuff a, long, a, a while back. That was really kind of my entry point into a lot of the paranormal stuff was uh, ghosts. Oh, really? Ghost I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. Um, I uh, and UFOs too. I guess to a certain extent, and we've probably talked about UFOs more than I've probably really wanted to on the show. But um, you know, th- a lot of our earlier shows are primarily about like ghosts and violent hauntings and that type of stuff. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, I got into it first with UFOs and then and Bigfoot kinda. Uh then got into a little bit of conspiracy and then started looking into ghosts and now I pretty much have you know, I could talk about anything at this point because of the nature of my work and the nature of the show. It's like I've tried to be well, just because of what I do, I have to always be surfing the net for news, so it's like I have to be well-versed in, like, almost anything that's within the realm of the weird, you know? So it's like Amelia Earhart, Gatloff Pass, any of this stuff, you know? It's like I need to know enough to, uh, you know what I'm talking about, pretty much, which is nice, you know? Yeah, so I'm not like someone who's, uh, you know, some of these UFO folks, they take it way too seriously, (laughs) you know? I think I said that to you when we were down in Atlanta at one point. I'm like, you guys are like talking about something like really passionately and i'm like boy you really guys really care a lot about this shit huh <laughs> it's like jesus I, you, you gotta know. start watching sports man you gotta start watching sports <laughs> yeah. at least you can bet make some money. i don't know i feel like i just get sucked into arguments i think that's what it is i i i i don't know how the ufo stuff became <laughs> really really for me What's more interesting than UFOs seeing shit in the sky is the abduction stuff. That's far more fascinating to me. And I think it's a more of a separate kind of phenomenon. But Yeah, I think so, yeah. 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 I mean that's always been the more fascinating part. Like some of the stuff like well, we saw this in the sky, the the tic tac video, I just wanna like fall asleep. You know. Yeah, I mean, anybody who's been in this long enough has seen like a million videos, you know. Right. So I don't find anything, I don't really find videos to be too titillating. And to me, it's like anything, it has to happen now or I don't care. I've reached that point, like, mm-hmm. uh, 
in a sense, where it's like, oh, this happened, and even if it happened like three or four years ago, it's like, okay, so it happened three or four years ago. Like, let's, what's going to happen? Nothing. Nothing's going to change. You know, we need, we need, we need like, we need like a tic tac thing to happen like tomorrow, and then like the dudes to say something right away. We need a Phoenix Lights. You know, we need something like that to really in my mind, like, change the conversation, in a sense. Yeah. Z- you know? yeah. It's Some an interesting it's... time in UFOs, though. I'll give them that. Well, yeah, it definitely is. I mean, there's a lot of... Uh, there's a lot of debate going on. That's to put it mildly. Yeah, it's pretty... <laughs> it's pretty ugly, man. It's pretty ugly. It's it's not... It is. It's not pleasant. Um, yeah. I've tried not to weigh in too much, at least in public, about it, and... Um, you know, to me, it's like, I can't really begrudge the TTSA, uh, group, you know, the two, the the actual TTSA group, um, because like for years and years and years on my show, I pretty much advocated for like exactly what it seems like they're trying to do, which was like, okay, look, if you're not going to tell us, uh, what UFOs are then can we just at least acknowledge that, like, there's there's such a thing as UFOs? And we'll start from scratch, you know? We'll, let's just give it a second chance. That was kind of my argument for years on my show. You know, let's give it a second chance. So to me, like, I'm not quite... I'm just sitting back and watching these TTSA, the organization, do what they do. But to me, I can't really get on my high horse and be like object to what they're doing because I pretty much advocated for that exact, this exact scenario that's kind of unfolding where it's like, Hey, let's give this another chance, you know? So, but to me at the same time, I kind of pontificated about this on Twitter, like a couple weeks ago where it's like, to me, it seems like they're driving force. They're driving their agenda is to get over that hump of like, that the government's going to say UFOs are real, you know? Like, that's all, that seems to be the main driving force of of UFO world at the moment, is, is like, getting the government to admit that UFOs, I mean, they pretty much have admitted that UFOs are real, um, just even in that Navy thing recently, where they're, like, unidentified flying objects are going into airspace, you know? And it's like, okay, so we know UFOs are real. To me, the more important thing is, like, what, what are they and who are they? You know, and everyone seems to be kind of dancing around that whole thing. Yeah, it's all it's all a problem of definition, and it's all do what do the people that are the real like kind of as we call them the TTSA fanboys. I mean, what do they really want? I mean, if you know, you you the government admits, like you said, that UFOs are real. Like, there's literally unidentified flying objects. We don't know what they are. Right, and, right. But so, you know, if that's already happened and then you still have these people that still want them to admit, they still like, are excited that they're going to admit it, or do they think that they're going to admit that it's that it's actually aliens or, you know, I, I think it's the it's the way that people think about and the connections they make in their brain when they hear that three-letter combination of right. UFO. You know, when I was, you know, a, a teenager in my 20s, when I heard UFO, I thought little green men from outer space. Now I'm right, like, yeah, it's just yeah. a damn UFO. It's just, you know, I don't know what it is. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Neither that's does the where government, I'm at. apparently. Yeah. That's the U. Right, yeah. right. 
and and you've got this whole thing now too where um this weird switch has occurred where all of a sudden it's just like the the q stuff that we were just talking about where about the fema camps it's like now all of a sudden the government are the good guys because they control the information so we need to trust them whereas before right right you know 70 years or 50 60 years ago it was the government or the bad guys because they've got the information and we don't have it so it's just like i don't i don't know if that where that come where that switch comes from or whether they just feel like they've got somebody like tom DeLong that can give him a trustworthy face to the i guess i don't really know yeah i don't know where you know i don't know where it comes from but i think there's a part of it that it's just like people are tired of waiting and they'll take what they'll take the answer from anywhere they can get it and this seems like they're sure. going to get an answer so they'll take it from you know they're willing to to overlook you know it but i don't really know you know I, like I said, I mean, I have mixed feelings. I, I don't, I don't have any problem really with the TTSA organization. Um, you know, despite what some people may think, um, I really don't. It's like I thought they did a great job with this New York Times thing. They moved the ball down the field. You know, and the exciting part mm-hmm. is they're getting the ball back at the end of the month, and we're going to see what they can do with it. You know, you talking about the TV and that's exciting. Show. If you, if you, you know, if you're not excited about that. I mean, I don't get the people who are, like, cheering for this to fail. Like, that to me is, like, counterproductive. You know what I mean? It's like, let's see what – I don't even know what they really want, to be to be honest with you. I mean, my understanding vaguely is, like, that they want to figure out the technology of this, not necessarily even figure out who or what is behind the technology. And to me, personally, that doesn't interest me, you know? I don't really care how the UFOs work. But they seem to think, like, let's figure out, let's make a UFO, you know, flying saucer. And, I mean, that's, God, more power to them if they, if they can figure out how to make a flying saucer, man. But I don't really care about how the flying saucer works or the technology behind it. And that seems to be their main objective. And it seemed like that was their main objective when they were in the government, you know, that the whole thing was like, okay, are these a threat to us? And if not... You know how can we how can we do what they're doing? You know, yeah. not who are not who not who is in that thing, which to me is like way 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 more interesting question. You know, so um, but I don't I don't begrudge them. I'm looking forward to seeing what they do. Um, their fans, on the other hand, I'm not particularly fond of. But you know, I try not to like. They're very pugnacious. I'll give I'll give them that. I agree. So I, I I I attempt to do my best not to engage them um, in debate because I think I think I think we're just like looking at it from the different perspectives and um, I mean I'm willing to see it from their perspective, but I think that they can't quite fathom things from other people's perspective. If that makes any sense, you know. And I mean that in the most gentle way. But it's like they really want – their attitude is like this is the greatest thing that ever happened to this field. Get on board, you know. And if you express any, you know, reservation about what's happening, you're like attacked, you know, and branded like a heretic or branded a hater or all this other shit where it's like that's not, you know. It's like, dude, I've been in this for years. Like, let's just sit back and see what happens. Why do I have to – 
be a cheerleader for this. There's a certain level of excitement that that I think gets them carried away. Yeah. I, I, for me personally, I think I've said this before too on the show and other places that just like you know I all this stuff I'm like it's cool it's interesting but I don't spend time at night it doesn't keep me up. Exactly, other I was saying that do. to somebody. I don't know if it was down at Paramania or since I got back, sort of talking about this. But it's like yeah. I just think that like anybody who's really into this needs to stop and be like, you know. Am I really into this UFO thing, or do I, like, somehow, for some reason, need UFOs? <laughs> you know what I mean? Fills the void. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. It's like, if UFOs were gone tomorrow, would you be okay, or would you be fucking, <laughs> like, off your rocker because you don't have anything else in your life that matters right. as much as this UFO right. thing? Right. It's just like... To the... me, if it's like, if this UFO thing is the be-all and end-all of your life, and, like, <laughs> you're, you know, your day is like, you're online... You know, UFO Bandit 2235, and you just retweet all the news on UFOs and all the latest shit. And it's like, okay, dude, what do you, you know, like, why do you need this so bad? Yeah. That's what it puts me off in a sense. Yeah, it, it's, it's kind of like when they when they make the announcement of, well, we know what they are now. And, and uh and then all of a sudden, you, you sit, the, one of the guys is sitting there, just like, "Oh, cool, awesome, this is great." And then a couple of days pass, like, "Oh shit, what do I do with my life?" You know, that's that's the yeah. Well, and it's fun yeah. because it and is other, a mystery. It, 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 go, go ahead, man. I, let, me, let me just get this one yeah, last point yeah, out before yeah. I let you go. But uh, the yeah, and I think to me, it's like if you're <laughs> if if one of the prime motivations for finding out what UFOs are is so you can say you were right. Like, your your priorities are all messed up, you know? <laughs> it's like, can you imagine the government's like, look, UFOs are real, they're aliens from another planet, um, you know, yada, 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 right? And the whole world is like, this is the most amazing thing that ever happened. And your whole attitude, you know, you, you said, your, your whole attitude is, I told you so. I just want to be right. I just want to be right and shove it in everyone's face. It's like, Why? Like, are you that unhappy as a person that you need that you need that that validation or whatever? I mean, it's like I think people need to genuinely, the deeper you get into this, sort of check yourself to make sure you're not going too deep into this this thing where you where you're sort of substituting UFOs for you know for genuine pleasure or whatever. You know, what I'm saying genuine validate. Like, you need this for validation or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and that, Does that make sense? That or was can, I rambling yeah, too yeah, much? Yeah, Absolutely. yeah, and that can go for anything too. I think anybody else. Oh yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Especially the, I mean, the, the the ghost hunting community is very much the same, right? I mean, they, right. I, I, the, some of them are very much just like, okay, I like ghost hunting. I enjoy doing it on the weekends. I really like the thrill of it. I, you know, I I I, I research it. And they're like, I don't know what it is, and I don't really care. And then there's others that just like, I got to devote my entire life to this. I got to find out. I can prove this if I just do this one one thing. I know people like that, and it's the same thing where it's just like, come on, it's not about trying to prove it. You're never going to be able to prove this stuff. Well, look how long that's been right. going on. And like with UFOs, yeah. it's, it's fun because it's a mystery. I don't think it's something that's going to be exactly. solved. That's the point. It's, 
Right, exactly. Yeah, I think it's... I mean, it would be great if it was just aliens are coming here, dude. It would be so much easier. But I think that it can't be that easy because I think if it was, they already would have told us by now. So, to me, it's like clearly there's some clearly there's some kind of catch to all this that they can't that they can't or won't tell us about. You know what I mean? So, and to me personally. Like, as I said, I think they're kind of repositioning this to be like, okay, let's take another look at this. Okay, dude, I'm 40. How long do you think it's going to take them to take another look at this? A generation? Like, like in like in a generation, they're going to be like, okay, we figured it out. It's aliens. You know? Or they're going to just twiddle their thumbs, and we're going to be sitting here and be like 60. And be like, oh, great, you finally caught up with, with where we were at the turn of the century. Thanks for nothing, dude. You know? Mm-hmm. So, and the world's so chaotic right now. That's the other part of it, where it's like anyone who, anyone who really wants the government to like reveal the truth about aliens, which is what they really want. Let's be honest; they don't yeah. want right. Like they want aliens. Um, yep. It's like, dude, no, no. Like now is not the time for fucking aliens. <laughs> well, that's the like old now is the, yeah. like now is the worst time for aliens dude that, that was Late the old 90s. security concern Mid- is that it, it will disrupt the political and religious social life of the entire planet so let's not do it you know i mean it, that was the old conspiracy theory right right and the, and the crazy part is much like all this other stuff we're talking about it's been turned on its head because because the you know the religious political structure of the planet is in complete turmoil right now without aliens so who knows? Maybe that would be the maybe that would be the thing that would bring bring stability back yeah. to the planet. You know, that would be great if it could. But at the same time, there's a part of me that's like, dude, this is already a powder keg. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, we have like, I mean, they'll look back on. I feel like we have like a legit holy war going on yeah. around the world where crazy people are shooting up other religions' places of worship. And I mean, it's like, never mind all the geopolitical machinations that are going on. And it's like, you want to insert aliens into this mess? <laughs> like, Absolutely. for real? Yeah, I can I can see that, yeah. Sounds like it could really like I, radically like I was, backfire. I was kind of like, I mean, like I, I was saying it before, it's like, dude, like mid, mid to late 90s, there was a window there I think we could have pulled it off. You know? It seemed like the whole Cold War was over. Yeah, yeah. It was before 9-11. You know, the Gulf War made it look like war was a thing of the past because they, you know, went to war and it was over in like three weeks. And it was like, that would have been the time to be like, oh, hey, guess what? Turns out we found an alien or something. You know, I think they could have really pulled it off then. But since 9-11, things have just been chaos. And it's only gotten worse. That's a good point. Yeah, that's a very good point. It... Are there try any, to make them. Are there any conspiracy stuff that uh, makes you um, think that uh, are there conspiracy subjects that that interest you particularly, or you think that you know there's something to them? Something to them? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I have to let me. I, mean, I have to think about that. I mean, I really just like the flat Earth for fun. Yeah. Like I think the flat Earth theory is just like the goofiest, coolest. <laughs> weirdest thing and it's like really fascinating to me like that it that it's become so popular you know and so i think that's i think that's really interesting in a sense but every like the oxygen of conspiracy theories 
has been sucked out of the room by the QAnon and the Russian collusion conspiracies. Those are the, you know, it's hard to really yeah. get, you know, it's hard for really any conspiracy theory other than that to gain a foothold, except for sort of like the flat earth thing, which is like this weird, funny, goofy conspiracy theory, you know? I like those. I like the goofy ones, but they're kind of few and far between nowadays, you know? Um, but you see things like, yeah, like that, like those, like the parents buying their kids into college. And, like, that was a conspiracy. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, so definitely. it's like conspiracies are real, yeah. dude. Oh, yeah, it's not... Absolutely. absolutely. Do you think there's but, any organization to uh, kind of these more ridiculous ones being almost, you know, promoted and put out there by the mainstream media? Do you think there's any kind of conscious effort to use all this as just muddying all the waters and making us all look crazy? I don't think so, just because, like, like I said, I mean, it's pretty much like the fabric of reality now is split down between two conspiracy theories and people who are kind of, like, in the middle and just kind of watching to see which one turns out to be true, you know? Right. And it's like, we still don't really know. It's very, I don't know if we ever will know, you know? It's very strange, in a sense. But, yeah, conspiracy theory, it's it's kind of lost its way in a sense. I mean, I think the QAnon thing is definitely like, I wouldn't be surprised if it turns out it's like a prank that went really wildly wrong and got out of control and then it became something that like people uh, used to manipulate people in a sense, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's where I'm leaning. Yeah, I think that's exactly But the scary part with all that is like, like I said before, there are people who are like, declare martial law and I mean, there are people, like, legit who were, like, there was a guy, like, showed up with a gun at the pizza place. Mm-hmm. And Pong. there was a guy who showed up yeah. at the, with a gun at, like, the Hoover Dam or something. Yep. So it's yeah. like, this is a dangerous conspiracy theory because it's inspiring people to become active in, you know, to become violent. You know, and it's like, okay, we don't, you know, like, when the 9-11 thing happened, people were, people who subscribed to the conspiracy theory were, you know, outraged, obviously, but I didn't, I don't, I mean, I was there for the beginning of, of the whole thing, and it was like, you didn't see people, like, showing up places with guns, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And now it's like, there's this, this just a little too much talk, just a little too much talk about armed rebellion for me, you know what I mean? Right. Just like, okay, dude, you know, be one thing, like you were saying before, who done it? It's one thing to be like, okay, who really killed JFK? It's another thing to be like, we're going to storm the Capitol with guns to find out who killed JFK. It's yeah. like, you're, you're taking this way to, you know, wait, I'm sure they'd say, no, no, we're not. You're, <laughs> you're, you're sitting on your ass and we're, we, we, we want to get, you know, but to me, it's like, okay, that, this is crazy talk. The stuff that gets me is the stuff when, you, when, when religion gets mixed into it and you have literally this demonization and I mean literal demonization of political opponents. In other words, just like you know, saying like you know, I'm not a big fan of Hillary Clinton, but there's people out there that think that you know she's a literal demon and she eats babies. Right. You right. Know, I mean, this kind of stuff is just. I mean, it's it's some of the worst kind of. It's it's witch hunt, satanic panic, kind of just bullshit. Yeah. yeah. Right. 
Right. I was on another show a while ago, and I made this point, and it bears repeating in a sense, where to me it's like, okay, look it, I'm not an expert on this shit, okay, by any means. Um, but, like, any time we've ever heard of these, like, um, like predatory individuals, like a Bill Cosby or a Jimmy Seville, like, they're lone wolves, dude. Like, to me, the idea that, like, there's this, like, cabal of people who are working together to commit these, like, heinous acts, it just doesn't, it stretches credulity, as you said earlier, it stretches credulity, uh, you know? It's like, I just don't believe, I just don't believe, and not only, like, sure, like, 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 in, like, you know, run-of-the-mill, maybe, maybe run-of-the-mill, but, like, we're talking about, like, the, like some cabal of high-ranking, like, people, sure, Bohemian Grove, and they go and they do their goofy shit, but, like, child sacrifices and, like, like legit murder and shit? Mm-hmm. No, dude. I just don't believe it. I just don't believe that, like, there can be this, like, organized... Group, And I'm sure people will be like, oh, but what about this, that, and the other thing? But to me, it's like, in this day and age, I just don't, I don't buy it, you know? Like, I'm sure there's people who are bad people who do bad things, but I think they probably, like, you know, in a profound fear of getting caught for doing these terrible things. They're not out broadcasting it or hanging out with people that'll help them. You know what I mean? It's like it goes against the whole, the whole idea of, like, doing that shit, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I definitely think that there are some some, some real um, instances of that, but it, it I think it, you have to take that stuff by case-by-case case basis. Well, you can't just throw it around to anyone you don't like, just be like, well, I don't like Ex- you, so you're part of a... Right, right, exactly, right. exactly. Like, exactly, yeah. Right, right, because, I mean, to take it... You know, not to get too political, but it is in the conspiracy thing, like the QAnon thing. It's like their shit's like right down the line. It's like the Democrats are a cabal of baby eaters, yeah. and uh-huh. the Republicans are the saviors. It's like, dude, this first of all, yep. like how how coincidental that it worked right down the line between oh, yeah. the, between these two political parties. <laughs> you know, it's like oh, all the people on that side are totally cool, and it just so happens that they're all. It's like, give me a break, dude. You there's know, this, there's this guy out there called the Fireman Prophet. I don't know if you ever heard of him. Oh but, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but he 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 says that in 2011 he predicted that Trump would become president. Oh. I, I I think that he. Uh, I think that he started the, uh, this in like 2016 when Trump was running for president. So how convenient for him! But right, right. he said that uh, he he's made all these statements about the the that uh, if people don't like Trump, it's because the Illuminati has this has this like 4400 4400 frequency that they broadcast to make people hate Trump, and it's, it's <laughs> oh, just uh, it's just the weirdest shit. And the, and people. In like just like the really in the in the, like the right wing Christian evangelical community, they just eat this shit up because they think they're just getting like the most amazing information from this pro- right. from this quote unquote prophet, this guy that says he had a dream, you know, <laughs> like that's you know, and they believe that over their own church, you know, even oh their own eyes, their own yeah. eyes and ears, it's like right. come on, dude, right. you know, yeah, it's uh. We're living in a really crazy time, man. That's why I said before, it's like, you think, we, like, 
who needs aliens, dude? You know, who needs aliens? <laughs> we got so you much know? more freaky shit going on, right? <laughs> right, right. And I, I, I would like to, you know, I don't really, like I said, I don't really talk to a lot of these folks who are sort of like super pro um, all this UFO stuff. But to me, it's like, I do, I mean, I do worry in a sense that like, it could, this whole topic, that whole topic could be used to, you know, influence people. The whole idea, like, they're going to say it's an alien invasion and everything. And to me, it's like, going back to before about, like, okay, if you're one of those people, do you, if you, do you really need UFOs? Like, check yourself. Do you really need UFOs? It's like, to me, <laughs> yeah. another question to yeah. ask is, like, what, what are you willing to trade for the, for the answer? You know? And I think there are a lot of people who were like, okay, dude, if Trump came out and was like, aliens are real... And in light of this, you know, unsettling uh, revelation, we're going to have to declare martial law, and you know, we're going to have to shut down TV stations and, you know, like, okay, are you willing to? Are, how are you willing to give up your freedom to find out about aliens? <laughs> like, I'd be interested yeah. to see how many how many of these folks would would talk to that. You know, who would be like, yeah, fine. You know, I don't break the law. That's fine. You know, let's do it. Give me aliens. I'll, I'll live under. I'll give up my rights. It's like to me, no, nah, that's not. You know, and I, I do worry that that could be a scenario that might unfold someday, where they're like, okay, this is a existential threat, and we need to hunker down. Mm -hmm. Well, then I see the. I mean, I think a lot of people would automatically just start worshiping them. I mean, there'd exactly. just be all these cults overnight. Right. Like, right. Yeah, I mean, it's already happened. And, I think it's ripe to happen again because of how much chaos there is, you know? So, and I do think, I do think that like, I do think that's part of the appeal of the, of, of the, of the TTSA fans in a sense where them, it's like, this is a, this is a salvation. This is, this is a way out of this mess is this UFO thing. Mm. And it's like, dude, you know, it's like, we got to get out of this mess ourselves, man. You know? Like no one's gonna fucking save us, dude. Yeah, that's a whole other element I haven't even really thought about. You know, guys, because that definitely is a part of it. Is that this 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 desire that like messianic? Yeah, well, the childhood's end kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, I picked out a couple of news stories that oh, I found awesome. interesting. So the first one is uh, Bigfoot with an axe. Oh, I love that story. Yeah, I thought that was a great one. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty I was surprised one. more people didn't pick it up on the mainstream because I thought it was really, uh, I thought it had legs to it. But the original story, there was really nothing to it. It was just that they arrested this guy. I later found out that he was intoxicated, but the original report didn't. They just said he was charged with making a false 911 call. The story is this dude in Oregon called 911 and, uh, said he was being attacked um then the cops showed up and he was like he was all frantic and everything so it sounded like he was being attacked i guess then the cops showed up and he said he was being attacked by a sasquatch with an axe and obviously <laughs> sasquatch wasn't there when the cops got there so they arrested him and i, I just wish there was more to the story in a sense and i, I waited around for a couple of days to see if i could but I waited around for like a day to see if there would be more to it. A little bit more came out a few days later. But the only thing that really came out was that the guy was intoxicated. I would love to find out more of what he said about this 
Squatch encounter. But my my assumption is that he was, you know, under the influence. But I can't, you know, I can't speak to that. But that's that's what the police said. So, yeah, but a funny one. I, I find it. I like to cover those stories in a sense where it's like you'd be surprised, and someday I gotta like put them all down into one thing. But it's like you'd be surprised how many like police logs you find a story that's like that. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? I think I've done like eight to ten over the last like three years. It's like dudes getting arrested and saying that they like a guy was shooting it fireflies because he thought they were alien lasers. Um, there was a guy who shot up a church, or not shot up a church, was shot at a church that was like, it was like, looked like a, like a spaceship. That's why he shot it up. There was a guy who, there was a guy who, uh, he was going to, he, he had like a whole bunch of guns in his car because he, he was told by the reptilians that like, they're, they're some kind of like, he was going to war with reptilians. Essentially, uh, somehow Donald Trump was story. mixed in there. Yeah, yeah somehow Donald this. Trump yeah. was mixed in, where he was like, Donald Trump called my house and told me that the reptilians had kidnapped my family, and was like, "Wow, this is yeah." So you'd be surprised. They, they, the weird paranormal shit does pop up uh, on occasion in these police logs. I like to cover those stories when they do. You're kind of assembling them like Charles Ford or something. That's cool. Yeah, it's fun. It's interesting. There's a lot of weird ones. Yeah. <laughs> Meth is a hell of a drug. Uh, that ha- be on- to be honest, yeah. If I uh, more often than not, that was there was almost always some level of intoxication involved in the story. <laughs> so, <laughs> but it does make you wonder, like why, like why, you know, what set this person off about aliens, you know, or whatever, or reptilians, or you know what I'm saying? It's, it's like. I saw a video knows? on YouTube, man, of some jackass conspiracy theorist. Alcohol yeah. plus YouTube equals <laughs> fun time. That's I mean, look, dude, I've I've had more than my fair share of drinks in my lifetime, but I've never, ever, like, been under the impression that, like, there was an alien invasion imminent or. <laughs> Like, thank God, God, thank God, I've never, I've never done meth, so I don't know, maybe that's, maybe that's a side effect, you know, that you will, you will think there's an alien invasion, but, <laughs> um, you know, I've never had, had that experience, or seen anybody else sort of like, all of a sudden get into some kind of like, oh shit, there's reptilians, <laughs> you know, invading the planet, like, where it's like, whoa, Bruce, like, where's this coming from, man? It's like, what the hell? So, you know, it's interesting. How does that even come up? YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Conspiracy podcasts. <laughs> the other one I picked shows um, like ours. The other one I picked, just like I just, you know, uh, the really silly one, uh, face of Jesus on tree trunk. These are always my favorite type of uh, stories. Yeah, I like that one a lot. My favorite one, my favorite part was this guy was like, "I'm not a religious person, but I definitely can't burn this because otherwise I'll burn in hell." It was like, <laughs> "Wow, this guy's serious." So it's interesting. I guess, yeah. It makes you wonder. Like, I it's kind of the opposite, I guess, in a sense of what we were just talking about about people getting all high and, and thinking that there's like paranormal stuff happening but it's like who 
I guess it takes a special person, in a sense, to see a face in something and then go, I need to tell everyone about this face. You know what I mean? Because, like, I've seen faces in things before, but I was never like, I need to, <laughs> I need to alert the media about this face I just saw in a piece of wood. It's like, if anything, wood is like the most likely thing to have oh, yeah. a face. Like, I'm in a, yeah. you know, my house is like, has a lot of wood. It's made a lot of wood. Like, uh, it's hard to explain, but you can see a shitload of wood. And, like, if you look long enough at different knots in the wood, you can find all kinds of faces and weird shapes and everything. You know? But I've never been like, I've got to document this. <laughs> this, this, amazing, this amazing array of knots. And and because this this is too this is just too perfect it's to be Christ. anything but yeah. We had a cinnamon roll here at a local establishment. Uh, I think probably a couple decades oh, ago no. that really resembled Mother. Oh, Ter- nice. It resembled Mother Teresa. So I think nice. they set up a small pilgrimage. I don't know if it ever got endorsed by the Vatican, but they had a few people come by. I've seen some that are like. I can now, like I'm in, I'm in another room right now. And I'm looking. There's like a piece of, I don't know what drywall, <laughs> whatever you put that like weird like stucco stuff, you know, on a drywall. Yeah. And there's like a there's like a like a, a way that the a pattern essentially, yeah. That it looks. I should take a picture and send it to you. You can put it on the with yeah, the show. Yeah. There's a pattern that looks like some kind of like demon dog. Oh shit. And like every time I've I've gone into the laundry room here, I see it. And I'm like, you know, I'm like, oh, it's a, and I've been tempted to put a little dot in where, like, the eye would be so you can kind of <laughs> see that it's a demon dog. But, again, I've never been like, I've been looking at that for, like, 15 years. I've never been like, I need to tell the world about this demon dog on my bathroom wall. <laughs> I just have, though, so inadvertently I've, I've revealed the demon dog. Yeah. It's a scoop on this show. Yeah, there you go. You the demon dog in you gotta have lines around the house looking at the demon dog. <laughs> well, my favorite of those type of things was the, um, I think it was either the Virgin Mary or Jesus in the dog's butt. That was my favorite <laughs> yeah, one. That, I wasn't gonna say, but oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I can give a pass to, like, anything like an Elvis head. It has, can't be, it's almost like you can't, can't be Jesus anymore. It's gotta be something, Yeah. you know. Well, Donald Trump's been cited in quite a few things, too. Yeah, I did one, like, when he was running for president that was like, they found a rock on Mars that looked like him. (laughs) You wouldn't even believe the shit they find on Mars. It's crazy. (laughs) I I try to document it as much as possible just because the, like, the more you document it, the more fast it becomes an amazing, like, collection of odd things. Like, I think uh, there was a croc. Like, not not the animal, chew. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Somebody found a croc on Mars. Um, you know, it's obviously like a rock, not a croc. Uh, yeah. But, um, you know, but it looked, it was a rock, presumably, unless somehow aliens, Martians, also had crocs, too, which would be like... I can't imagine two civilizations could come up with such a genius idea on their own. <laughs> Aliens wear Crocs, and you got to believe me. Well, that's what I put in the article when I wrote it up. I was like, I was like, well, this would be really a fantastic discovery. It would also really diminish the the uh, the standing of Martians in the eyes of most humans to find out that they wear Crocs. 
It's like who would I would I, I can't take an alien I can't take an alien seriously if they showed up wearing Crocs, dude. <laughs> Not even business casual just showed up with some Crocs trying to cut deals. Yeah. Just, can you imagine like the alien gets off the spaceship and he's like walking over and you're just like, hold on, dude, are those Crocs? <laughs> just like completely derails the entire peace summit between the planets. Yeah, I say let's like, just go to war after that, man. Fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, at that point it's like, what is going on here? How did you get crossed, dude? <laughs> we'll it's like you've derailed the whole UFO technology. That's what it is, man. You just got it here first. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I like them finding weird shit on Mars. I think they found like a C-3PO head. Was that a was that a Mars or the Moon? I can't remember. Ah, could be either Which one. There was a Darth, there was a really good Darth Vader head that was like really looked a lot looked a lot like the Darth Vader mask. It's uncanny how how much some of these things, I mean, the croc, we're laughing about it, but like a croc is a pretty distinct thing. I'll find it later and send it to you, the article, but it's like, and when you look at the picture, if you, if you're expecting croc, when you look at it, dude, that is exactly, <laughs> that is exact hard to convince yourself that this is actually a rock. Like when you're looking at it, cause you're like, that's pretty, that's a croc, dude. That's, that's a croc, you know, but you know, it's not. It's crazy. It, Fun. It can't be. Unless exactly. a time traveler unless a time traveler went to Mars and was wearing Crocs and left it there. I don't know. There's all kinds of you could invent so many scenarios. I've thought about doing that, like doing a like a show, like a or a book or something like where it's like fictional conspiracy theories. You know, based loosely around some so, like, you know, you take that picture of the croc, quote-unquote, on Mars, and you're like, you invent a whole, you know, radio fiction about how that croc ended up on Mars. Yeah, that sounds fun. Kind of like a interactive kind of game. Yeah. It's, it'll end up like the John Teeter legend stuff. Exactly, yeah. I wouldn't be, yeah, that's... That seems like that was kind of something like that. Like a lot, like, almost like the QAnon thing. You know, like a LARP that got out of control because people really bought into it, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's a, I, I, I'm interested to see how that yeah, yeah. unfolds. Like, what's going to... Because, I mean, you see people who are now are like... Because it's been going on for like a year and a half. It's like they're still waiting for ostensibly Q and the, the government to like... They think they're going to arrest like 50,000 people or something like that. Well, I like, really, that's never going to happen. Yeah, I really came of age during the whole Ong's hat thing, so it was like, you know, I've seen it before. I've seen something like this, so. But yeah. a lot of these people don't have that historical perspective, so it's just, you know, they're just buying the shit. This is also completely new to them. All this, all these, like, the, that kind yeah. of concept yeah. is completely new to a, lot of the, to a lot of people. That there could be, like, a game. Right, right. This has been a... It's been a it's been a great show. Um, I want to thank you for doing it. Uh, do you have like a web presence uh, that uh, people can see or? <laughs> yeah, coasttocoastam.com. Well, there you go, the big daddy. <laughs> 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 How's that work for you? That works, um, man. Click on the articles. That's the stuff I write. They all have bylines from me, and if you go to the main website uh, on the carousel, you can see, uh, you know, my stuff. And that's what I'm doing now. I mean, you know, I say that kind of jokingly, but, I, I mean, I'm not doing the show. 
uh, at the moment. I'll probably think about bringing it back for a few shows this summer. Um, and so that may happen. But I'll definitely be, I don't even want to think about right now, uh, the holidays. But we'll be back in some form or fashion in the holidays. Um, so, of course, spinallofamerica.com, where people can find the, uh, the podcast, click on audio. We get a huge archive of, like, uh, 250 shows there. And if people want to know what I'm doing now, I'm over at coastcoastam.com uh, writing uh, articles as their news director. So. Awesome. All right. Awesome. Well, Tim, stay on the line for us. We're going to close this section out, and uh, we'll be right back close out the show, as always, like it's paranormal. So we've got a sponsor called, you may have heard of it, called ZipRecruiter. No, I've never heard and of you it. you can further hypnotize yourself into success. And if you want to help us and help the show and ZipRecruiter, on behalf of our partner, ZipRecruiter, here's why ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire. ZipRecruiter's powerful matching technology identifies people with the right skills, education, and experience, and actively invites them to apply to your job so you get quality, qualified candidates fast. It's no wonder that ZipRecruiter is rated number one by employers in the U.S., thus rating comes from hiring sites on Trustpilot with over 1,000 reviews. And right now, if you go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Conspiranormal, you can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Conspiranormal. Yeah. So that was a little longer interview than usual, but... Uh, that was a blast. That was an absolute blast. And I think we spent another, like, 30 minutes... Just talking <laughs> just shit. Just talking shit. <laughs> oh, man, if you guys could have only heard that. <laughs> yeah, that's not, that's not recorded, but it is what it is. So I was uh, pretty happy with that. Tim's a really great, really great guy. Really awesome to talk to. Easy to talk to. And uh, went really well. Yeah, when I first discovered his show um, a couple years ago, probably like three years ago, actually, when I was first working construction and stuff, I'll just put it on and I'll be just working with my headphones on, listening to like two or three of his shows, listening to almost all of them, I think. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I pretty much ran through all of them, but not all of America. Okay. He had a really cool show. Great archives to check out, you know. Yeah. I never had really listened to his show until um, I was about to have him on. I mean, I was aware of him, but uh, I got to listen to a few over the weekend while I was in the car. So I, was, got I really enjoyed it. Ones, a lot of uh, Go Rightly stuff. <laughs> The show is really cool. He's had a lot of the same guests that we've had. Like you said, Go Rightly, and of course, Greg Bishop, Joshua Cutchin, um, Aaron Golius, which we need to get Aaron Golius back on, I think. Here I was thinking the same soon. thing, yeah. Because he's, uh, he's, he's covering a lot of ground in the Saucer Life stuff. He just did a whole thing about Alternative 3. I listened to it the other day, yeah. Yeah, it's great. that was really good. Got any thoughts on that? On what, Alternative, Alternative 3? Alternative 3. I know that's uh, all on the Bill Cooper stuff yeah it's interesting because you know we have a lot of things come with Gullius and looking at things from a sociological standpoint and how things you know impact and how legends are born out of things and it's just real interesting how the unavailability of it helped turn it into this uh mythology you know and people taking it literally or there being some kind of mix like oh this was you know this is a way to get it out there as fiction or, you know, yeah, it's just, yeah. it's really interesting how it kind of transformed, which now, you know, now that everyone can have everything, it's harder to, you know, we we're kind of talking about this stuff. A lot of, a lot of this stuff from the last century 
the internet has kind of, you know, either changed or totally destroyed certain ways of doing things. Like there used to be whole mail order religions and secret societies and, you know, there used to be all these audio recordings of, you know, uh, self-hypnosis or this or that that you'd have to buy and it's a pretty good racket, but now it's pretty much just on YouTube for free and, you know, it's pretty, pretty interesting. Have you ever seen the movie Alternative 3? No, I haven't seen it. You ever seen that? Uh-uh. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting artifact. Yeah. I wondered if, I wonder, I watched it on YouTube quite a few years ago. I don't know if it's still on there. It, it may still be. I need to just go ahead and watch it one day, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's fairly interesting. I mean, it'll, it'll make you think, but I, I, one of the things I wonder about with it is like, why, like, why come up with something like that? You know, it's obviously a hoax. Yeah. It's obviously done as kind of like a war of the worlds kind of thing. But is it a psyop? Yeah. 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 That's, that's what I wonder. And a lot of the secret space program material comes from the whole alternative three mythos, I suppose. So I suppose we won't do as much of a uh, outro here as we usually do. So I will say that um, we will have David Metcalf on the next show, who is also someone else that I met at the Paramedia event. And he, we're going to be talking to him a little bit, about, I think, mostly about Santa Marta. Oh, okay. So I think that that will be a, be a real interesting show. I think you get, you may have some insight on that too. That'll be real interesting. Yeah. Mr. Easy Street Candle over there. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, we're going to close this show out, but uh, I want to thank everybody for listening. And you can find us, Serfiel, you can tell everybody about their, our Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com slash conspiranormal. And if you want to uh, make a one-time donation, can they go to conspiranormal.com right now? Yeah, they can yeah. still go to conspiranormal.com. Um, but on the Patreon, we have been putting a whole lot of extra content up there. So there's a lot of cool stuff, some romper rooms, some uh, bonus episodes. There's a lot of creative audio stuff I'm wanting to do, put on there. Um, and we're doing another romper room. I don't know if it's going to be Patreon. That I think will be on the main okay. feed. Yeah, but we're trying to do more on there all the time. But you can get in for as little as a dollar. So, yep. you know, that's how I got involved with this, and uh, a lot of cool extra shows to watch. Though, like we said, you know, we don't uh, we we don't save you know a lot of the juicier stuff for Patreon. Um, but we've we've got more like uh, more uh, different topics that the guests may be into, or you know, we we still uh, got a lot of really good content on there that we you know put most of the the best stuff on the shows for everybody. Yep, as we were as we were talking about with Tim, got a little little shop talk tonight. So, all right, guys, we'll be back next time on Conspiranormal. If you would like to help the show, please consider becoming a Patreon at www.patreon.com/conspiranormal. Or leave a one-time donation at conspiranormal.com. And please check out our YouTube channel, Conspiranormal Podcast. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. 
book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.